Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, movie truthers. Welcome to today's episode of Truth and Movies. I'm Michael Leader, and today we'll be talking about the London Film Festival in our third Dispatch from the Ground, all coming up on Truth and Movies, a Little White Lies podcast. Yes, listeners, welcome back to one more of these dispatches from the London Film Festival, which is currently going on in the big town itself, London. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome back Adam Woodward. Adam, it's uh, always a pleasure to speak with you. How are you doing? Not too bad, thanks. Yeah, um, I feel like I'm enjoying the festival mostly from afar, uh, as tends to be the case when you're when you're kind of not quite working, uh, but working during a festival that's in your in your hometown. But no, can't can't complain. It's been very weird for me because London Film Festival for so long was my hometown festival, and now it's one I have to commute into. So uh, I've actually been to much less than I would usually be going to. But hopefully, before it ends this weekend, I'll be able to catch a few more films and whatnot. But it's always a treat hearing what you lot have been seeing while I've been out here in Sussex. And today we have an, another special guest. We have Callie Petch. Callie, welcome to the podcast. Uh, would you mind letting us know who you are, what you're doing, what your approach to the festival has been so far? Hi, I'm Callie Petch. I am a writer, freelancer, and many places like that. For my time of the London Film Festival this year, I have been a part of the BFI LFF Critics Mentorship Programme, which essentially is that they put out a call uh, like nationwide call for aid critics often from a diverse you know like poc lgbtqa plus lower income communities and that there who wouldn't normally have a chance to be able to get this kind of you know connections and exposure and knowledge up there it's put in sending samples apply for position out there and then what they feel are the top eight get selected to come on a guided course for a week of the festival to see films, make contacts, interview, uh, uh, talk with uh, professional critics and industry insiders. And then as well, we get accreditation to the best of festival as well, if we're able to stick around afterwards. Oh, fantastic. And it'd be great to hear what you've been making of the films you've seen so far. But Adam, Little White Lies are involved in the Critics Mentorship Programme, right? Can you tell us uh, what the role is we play? Yeah, so I, th- I think the programme's been running for about four years now. Um, and we've been involved as sort of media partners of the festival. We've also been involved in the mentorship programme, um, I think pretty much since the beginning. Um, and it's a really interesting uh, opportunity for us, I think, to to try and 
yeah just just give back a little bit and 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 you know i think little white lies is is hopefully known as a place where emerging writers emerging voices uh, are, are kind of given a platform um but this is just a really useful way i think of um of of giving said up and coming or emerging writers a different experience and and the bfi i think do a really good job of really embedding them in the festival so i mean callie will, will speak more about this but you know you're, you're kind of a f- fully accredited and, and 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 like treated as a kind of properly paid up press delegate basically um so essentially experiencing the festival is m- much like i or anyone else would um and then our, our role is i guess to act as as the mentor to go to go back and set some tasks and just kind of be there as a soundboard or um or, or just help in any way really that's that's needed from from the kind of mentee's point of view um and as i said it's, it's, it's a really interesting and, and quite quite rewarding thing for us because often you know people who've come through this scheme have ended up writing for us or other publications and yeah it's really nice um way to kind of uh, uh open a door for people which might not have been um you know or may have been kind of shut otherwise in my head, I see you, Adam, almost as the Lester Bangs type character played by Philip Seymour Hoffman in Almost Famous, <laughs> imparting the wisdom onto the emerging writers. Callie, what the highlights been of the festival so far? The events you've been to, the screenings you've been to, anything you'd want to shout out? At time of recording, we literally just finished last night with the main guided part of the festival. Now we are you know, giving effects, we're getting to go free reign, go see what we want, pitch stuff to our mentors, in this case, Adam. We attended the press conference, uh, opening gala, the of a fall in the Mayfair, uh, which is a hotel I still refuse to believe is actually a real place. It is wild. <laughs> like, like as, as somebody from up north from out there, like working class areas and out there, to like come down in places like Mayfair and out there and just wander around. I'm just like, this this isn't a real place people stay. This is movie set. Like, these are movie sets. Like, it's like walls just come away and be like, can't you've interrupted a shot. Instead of the uh, 8 a.m. press and industry screening that everybody else had to go to for the Heart of Fall, uh, we got to attend the actual opening night gala itself, which was very cool. Uh, had a lot of conversations with uh, professional film, like uh, with film critics out there. So we got to have uh, in-person chats with Robbie Collin of uh, Telegraph, Amon Warman of Empire. Yeah, and uh, in between all that and doing work, I have actually also managed to see some films. <laughs> it's, it's so funny what you mentioned about the Mayfair, because I went there uh, for a, a, an interview last week, and outside the Mayfair Hotel was three Porsches in a row, capped off with a Lamborghini. So it really did feel like you were walking onto a movie set of a rich area of the country, of the world. <laughs> so tell us about the films, though. Were, were you excited to see anything in particular on your way down? And uh, what did you see? Did they look to your expectations? Any tips for those of us who haven't had a chance to go? A fair bit of stuff that I was really excited to see I haven't been able to somewhat ironically because of the story program uh, like that, that's the joys of uh, I know, uh, press industry stuff like that especially in festivals out there you know, there are always clashes and you, you have to you know uh, some so either some things you can't avoid or some things you have to you know wave it out there uh, for example I really really want to watch Bell the more Hussada film unfortunately that apparently screened uh, for press before the festival so I need to try and get into a public screening somehow for that uh, and uh, Sediments, which was a uh, documentary, a Spanish documentary about uh, trans people uh, taking a journey on a bus together, uh, which I was really interested in because as somebody who is uh, non-binary, like the premise of it, it really interested me as somebody who's kind of, you know, tired of, you know, like the predominant trans narrative and stories like these are being about 
the pain of, you know, society's depression or the pain of transition and stuff. I remember seeing a girl a couple of years ago uh, and just kind of despising it for playing into a lot of those tropes. So I was really wanting to see Sediments. Unfortunately, I didn't. So I need to try and chase up uh, PR people like that. But for stuff I have seen, so far the big highlights and that there, like on my own little rating scale, which I'm going to remember. Um, I think the two big stars at the moment are uh, The Power of the Dog, the new Jane Campion, gothic western, as it were. Like, there's a very, like, like it very, there's a very gothic feel in the way that she, like, does the production design and the sound design and stuff like that of that movie. It's very much a, it's set, like, it's a western, but it's set in 1925 Montana. So it's like the real, complete dying days of the western. And... It's a very well-observed, unsettling, uncomfortable uh, psychological drama starring Bandit Cumberbatch, um, Kirsten Dunst, Coach McMurphy, and that there. Effectively examining uh, male resentment, uh, a need for control, sexual repression, childhood trauma, class envy. Uh, also, I adore uh, Johnny Greenwood's score for this. It is an all-timer. I also think it's all time. It's a, it is kind of in his wheelhouse of being deliberately arrhythmic, atonal, yeah, you know, like clattering in that there, which represents the growing isolation, paranoia, mania, and like the, like the, the, the duress and distress that uh, Cumberbatch's character places on everything everybody touches. Like like Green, Greenwood scores are great anyway, and I'm glad that he's continuing to give us them while they don't do a new Radiohead album. But uh, yeah, yeah, but like here, this one is an all timer. No, I'm, I'm I'm a big fan of Johnny Greenwood's scores. Can I ask, is it one like Phantom Thread, which you you could listen to on an afternoon, or is it more in the There Will Be Blood style of maybe you need to be in a specific kind of mood? Probably, <laughs> probably the second. Yeah. Probably the second. It like like, it, like again, like it is very. It drives a lot of the film, uh, you know, along with Campion's stuff from out there. Like it's not something you can relax to. It puts you on edge at every opportunity, especially when we start bringing in the motifs and stuff. From that there and it like really gets in as part of the mentorship program we got tickets to the secret film last night ah, yes and it was mike mills come on come on the new film with uh, sorry, joaquin phoenix and uh a great child performance from uh, woody norman but unfortunately I, I i i i feel it's a misfire disappointingly for me it is a creative re it, it's just kind of a, a rehash of his work in beginners and 20th century women uh, like even though it's trying to come from a specific child perspective this time I, I feel like the themes and the exploration and the way he presents them are very much stuff he's already covered in beginners and 20th century women and covered better in more detail and depth and variety of tone there as well like uh, come on come on really stop some fact that it is to me it feels extremely one note like very morose I don't think it's bad like, not at all. I came out of there, and I, I don't think I spoke to anybody who disliked it. Like, every, like it went from, like, it's fine to I loved it. For me, personally, I expect more from Mike Mills at this point. I expect that moment transcendence as somebody who utterly adored 20th century women. Could you tell me what the experience was like of going to the surprise film? Because that's become something of an institution for the London Film Festival. They have this surprise film slot. People, you know... They, they they speculate the actual in, the actual um, festival themselves closely guard what the film could be. People like to guess 
who's what's going to screen based on who's in town, who's gettable, who may be there for an intro or a Q&A. So what was it like going and going to that surprise film? Was the speculation around around with the group you were in, what, what you were expecting? Were you disappointed when it was? Come on, come on. Because I guess that one is shot in a specific aspect ratio, isn't it? So people knew from the very first shot what the film was going to be, I think. So what, what was it like? Yeah, indeed. Like, be, like being in the cinema, like, pretty much as soon as the A24 logo turned up, there were like whoops and cheers of like slight recognition. I didn't clock it until I heard Joaquin Phoenix. I was like, yeah, it's Mike Mills. Uh, like, okay, as mentioned, they literally do, they don't give you anything. Like we like we got very lucky in our critics mentorship group that they told us uh, that the session itself was scheduled to finish at a certain time because the secret film is always like started like half nine. And, you know, a lot of people need to get tubes back because <laughs> it means finish is very late. So we were given a, a rough idea for runtime, but that was it. But, but yeah, there was speculation all over the group out there. Like I know that I've had a feeling it would either be uh, The Last Jewel Somebody else said House of Gucci because I keep forgetting there were two Ridley Scott films out in like coming weeks. I I I, I went like Prime the Sky and went Paul Thomas Anderson's Licorice Pizza. Oh, uh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. like like I, I was thinking more in a what's a big name film that feels like it should be at this festival, not thinking of you know well for example Licorice Pizza and House of Gucci have not played anywhere yet uh, to my knowledge, so they're not going to premiere it as a secret film. Uh, but I have people think of like, oh, I've seen Joe Wright. Or that. I've heard Joe Wright's in town. So maybe it's Sibinol or uh, some people thought it's like, maybe it's the eyes of Tammy Faye uh, for whatever reason out there, which immediately got shot down when we were told how long the runtime was because uh, eyes of Tammy Faye is like two hours and 10. And you try and work it out based on prior year uh, films out there because you know, 2019 was Uncut Gems, 18 was Green Book, 17 was Lady Bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a good time. Again, you can feel the energy in that room when it happens and out there. Like, like the, same, the same as when I was in the uh, opening gala uh, on that opening night in that day, even though it started dead late than anticipated. Uh, but you know, just just like a second, of, you know, everybody was coming out on stage and out there, the atmosphere was just like full on, like, it's it's people in a room who want to love a movie, uh, obviously, which, you know, is a nice feeling, obviously. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I don't think anybody should spend money to go watch a movie they're just going to hate, but you, you know what? Yeah, you can't beat that, and I guess it's one of the real benefits of being in the Royal Festival Hall, which is a legitimately huge space, and you can ha- pack in a very large crowd, so when that buzz is there in the room, it's really there. Um, Adam, have you done the surprise film in years past? I think the last time I did it was Lady Bird, and um, that, that was a, there was a real excitement in the room because that was one of the hot films for that year. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yeah, yeah La- Lady Bird was, what, like 2017 or something? yeah. Um, I I have I think I think I did it when the year Birdman was a surprise film, which was disappointing because I'd already seen it at Venice. <laughs> um, but that was quite that was quite a fun one I think that that was that was it's I think it's quite often good to have one which is in some ways a little bit divisive and actually I, I've seen a lot of very positive takes coming out of um, Come On Come On so it's interesting to hear you Callie um, off, offer a slightly different point of view on it so yeah. It's good when it's a big ticket, but something which is, yeah, maybe cuts people slightly down the middle. And Adam, what, what have you been up to at the festival so far? Anything that you've seen that you'd recommend? Any highlights? Anything you might recommend that's still to play even? I think Bits and Pieces, um, Titan is amazing. Really special film, which you're going to be hearing a lot more um, about from us in the coming months. Uh, quite excited to see The Tragedy of Macbeth which is obviously the closing film, which I think we'll talk more about in, in our last LFF Dispatch. And a couple of, a couple of I guess, more low-key films. that I've, I've really, really loved um, Debbie Tucker Green's Eye for Eye, which is, I mean, she, she's someone who I think it, it's, it's, a, it's a real travesty that she hasn't made more films and ha- hasn't maybe given, been, been given the opportunity to make more films. But it's only her second feature it's adapted from her own play from I think like 2018 or something, um, which I didn't get a chance to see. But this is yeah, really really interesting, um, quite a kind of challenging film. I, I suspect the the play is challenging for much the same reasons, but in a much more specific reason for the for the kind of setting and and you know the fact that you'd be in in the theatre and 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 having having that kind of performance play out in a slightly different way but the film I think is really really effective and Lashana Lynch uh, she's not necessarily the main character but she's kind of the I guess the focal point of the film um, off, off the back of No Time to Die and this I think she's yeah she's really kind of establishing herself as as, as one of the kind of major talents of British cinema and, and yeah well British stage and screen really I think and that, that that's going to be on telly pretty soon isn't it I think it's having this festival run. And then even before the end of the month, I think it's going to be on the BBC. So it's really great to have something, get that buzz from a festival performance and then be able to see it really quickly. Yeah, yeah I think it's one of those where they, they've kind of coincided it to be released. I think it's actually um, airing next week, which is pretty exciting. So yeah, would would highly recommend that. Um, and also uh, Todd Haynes' Velvet Underground documentary. I know, I know we're going we're gonna to be talking about that in a bit more detail later this week, but yeah, big big fan of that. I think that's just yeah, that kind of ticked ticked a lot of boxes for me. So yeah, so I, I've booked in a couple of days to travel back up to London for a couple of days of the festival before it finishes. So I'm hoping to pack in a few of those films like Petite Maman, um, Azor. I think we talked about in a previous episode. Hit the Road, some really good films from you know maybe the, the slightly deeper end or 
the middle deep end of the the festival program um but Callie I know there is another screening of Bell I think before the the festival ends that's one of my highlights absolutely I hope you get to see that is there anything you're hoping to pack in when do you when do you have to go back are you going to be here for a couple more days I I I am staying for the festival duration uh, like, like, in, in, like, because uh, I've done this a couple of times, not the Critics Mentorship bit is up there, but like, I've, I, I, I have uh, come down to London up there a couple of times up there to try and do the festival in, you know, like amateur press capacity, as it were. You, you know, like, uh, again, because of my poor financial statement, there basically means I have to save up every, like, the entirety of the year to be able to do it. But then when I do come down here, even though I, you know, still trying to work some of it, it's kind of like a holiday. In a way, <laughs> like I get to like come down here and like cosplay as you know press for a couple of weeks, as it were. Um, yeah, uh, but I, again, I definitely want to try and get into that. Adam mentioning if I, well, I, I, I really, I really wanted to watch that. I was actually going to sack off Paul Beethoven, Benedetta for that because they're screening at the same time on the uh, press side map there. Although Adam mentioning that it's going, that if I was going to TV and going soon is now making me think of, mm, actually, because I don't know when Bender is coming out. Do I, do, do I, do I switch? So I'm jealous, Michael, of you getting to see Velvet Underground. Uh, I had other commitments prior to them with the course itself, not better men. I couldn't see it, uh, which is a shame because I, I, I love, I love Todd Haynes. Plus, again, uh, yeah, uh, Tragedy of Macbeth, absolutely going to make sure to get there for that i, I think uh, as well I, I i usually try and avoid tv when i'm here because the way like, like it's not as dispatching but like my, me personally like that i don't feel like watching two or three episodes of a show for me it's a good idea to get a full explanation as you know a full indication as to what it might be especially when you know a lot of tv shows especially tv pilots they're rough like 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 rough by design for figuring out the show but i do want to see maria and the three uh, which is the new series by Jorge R. Gutierrez of The Book of Life and El Tigre, The uh, Legend of Manny Rivera. Uh, I, I loved his work in both of those and that there, so re- I definitely want to go see that. There's so much, isn't there? And and you, you alluded to it there about how you've got to pick your battles and maybe at the drop of a hat say, okay, if I can watch this on TV here, I can then drop that screening and fill that time with something else. And uh, how, how have you found that while you've been down here for the festival? Because you have to be really light on your feet and ready to change your schedule really at a quick turnaround. So how's that been, managing your time? Yeah, and also because uh, for, for, for anybody in the who's listening to this who might want a bit of a demystifying of the process uh which actually what which actually does help for me uh well like one of the first like one of the first times i went to a press screening i found it so intimidating because i was yeah you're like you build it up in your head if you're outside of that bubble thinking like oh god it's just it's you know it's a whole bunch of cineasts and geniuses out there who are going to sit there it's gonna be very imposing and terrible and stuff like that but like you sit down and You'll just hear people just you know just talking normally and quite happily and you know, like you know chatting nonsense and things like that. But like even if a film starts, you'll still hear people you know like laugh really loud or clap or worse use their phone. <laughs> so uh, but like 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 on one on one hand it's still annoying you know like as somebody hates but but on the other hand it's also like kind of relaxing. Like like you sit and you say oh these are just normal people. Like 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 yeah you know, like like yeah like, like it's, they're not yeah you know, it's not like some kind of you know mythical cabal of you know elitist snobs or whatever, you know, they're just normal people who have biased the same as everybody else. Uh, so, for example, um, festival blocks and out there, like, in terms of press and industry stuff and out there, we see films in three separate blocks during the day. Start in the morning, go up to the afternoon. The afternoon is usually then when 
they open up all the cinemas out there to your know, films. A lot of our screening blocks, however, effectively start at 8 a.m. on the dot. If you want to get into 8 a.m. films, which are usually the big headline films of the day, you need to queue up. And you need to queue up for a long while before that, like at least an hour, which means most days you're getting up at like half five, six o'clock to get dressed and get a tube in, to stand in the queue and hopefully get in. Uh, which means that if you, if you wake up with, you know, maybe like on less than six hours sleep, you kind of go... Sometimes you might just go, oh, sorry, I'll catch it some other time back there and roll back over and go back to sleep for a bit. That's what I did uh, on Saturday of last night in Soho, the Edgar Wright film. Uh, I adore Edgar Wright. I cannot wait to watch a movie. But I did not sleep at all the night before. So my alarm went off at like 10 to 6. I looked at it and I was like, I cannot be bothered to fight tubes and deal with this for a jump scare factory. Because I suppose jump scare, like I, I do enjoy horror, but my personality means I can't handle jump scares very well. It's like, I, I can be frightened, not scared, if that makes sense. Uh, so I was just like, I cannot be bothered to do this at this time of the morning. So I just roll back over and sleep. I'll catch it in two weeks. Uh, apparently, I missed something quite badly there because it's, it's, uh, it's divided people a lot. It's been, yeah, quite a conversation starter. I think there you, you've, you've nailed like the great levelling aspects of a festival like this where one night you may be at the red carpet gala of a film with Jay-Z and Beyonce in attendance and then 6am the next morning you'll be queuing around the bins around the back of, <laughs> of the big cinema at Leicester Square, which is, is always part of the fun of a festival, really, the, the extremes. Yeah, just trying to send your friends off to go get coffee. You know, all my coffee runs and that, but I'm just hoping for the best. <laughs> well, well, Kelly, I, I hope you get to see some of those um, films. I'm, I'm excited about Myron the Three as well. I, I love Book of Life and wish, wish uh, Jorge Gutierrez all the best. So I'm looking forward to seeing that too. I might see you there. And uh, Adam, it's been a pleasure catching up as well. We'll have to get your highlights from the festival when it wraps up. Kelly, if there's somewhere... Uh, is there somewhere online where our listeners may be able to find your work if they want to catch up with what you're writing? Yes, uh, you can find me at uh, my own blog website, uh, Portfolio Place. It is uh, callipetch.com, C-A-L-L-I-E-Petch.com. I am on Letterboxd, also at Callipetch. Uh, I am hopefully going to be writing a couple of things for little white lies feel free to edit this part out adam if i don't make the cuts and i am also doing diary sort of entries as well based on both the films i've seen and the general experience for uh, Soundsphere magazine uh, which is a northern online uh, arts and culture place uh, that website soundsphere well kelly it's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you and i wish you all the best for the rest of the festival and adam Always a pleasure as well. Listeners, thank you for joining us. We'll be back with one more dispatch from the London Film Festival before it wraps up this weekend. In the meantime, let us know what you think about any of the films we've been discussing or any films you've been watching at the usual channels at LWLies on Twitter or Truth and Movies at cco.london.com. We'll see you next time. 